Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to all my OG listeners and purpose chasers out there internationally. I am so grateful that you continue to tune in week after week. You know, I adore you and I appreciate you so much. And if you are new to this community, then a big welcome to you. What you should know about us is that we believe that wealth is more than money and material possessions. Wealth is really all about well-being. And so we aim to create well-being and fulfillment in several areas of our lives. And since you're new, I'm going to invite you to go back all the way back in time in your podcast app so you can hear what I call the six pillars of wealth. I want you to be brought up to speed on the things that I believe when we work on those, money becomes a natural byproduct. But of course... As America's money maven, I do still talk about money and I'm super excited about April being financial literacy month because we are going to focus on money, but in kind of a different way than what some people might do. I really am all about your behavior and your mindset towards money. And I truly believe that when your confidence is built in your financial life, that so many other things go so much smoother because I know it can be intimidating to handle money. You know, everything from purchasing a home to investing in stocks and everything else in between. And so this month, I'm calling this series Confident Money because my goal is to help you build the confidence necessary to make wise financial decisions in every single area of life. And so I'm gonna try to squeeze in as much as I can over these next several weeks. And I love being in partnership with my friends at Capital One. Shout out to Capital One for sponsoring this episode to kick off our series, Confident Money for Financial Literacy Month. Of course, they're sponsoring, but all ideas and thoughts are my own. And what I love about Capital One is that they're always doing these really cool surveys. And one of the ones that they shared with me most recently was about car buying. Now, see, this is something we don't always think about. And one of the big things that I took away from the survey is that 49% of respondents reported being somewhat confident or not very confident, and 94% didn't believe that the process was completely transparent. Now, I know you're probably shaking your head saying, yep, that's me. So later on, I'll be talking to Dave Kong, who is Managing Vice President of Consumer Auto Finance at Capital One. But before that, I have my own theories, and I really want to use this to set the tone for the rest of what you're going to hear this month in this Confident Money series. And my ideas I want to share with you, you know, are going to be just my theme for Financial Literacy Month, because I think that in order to make the best strides, to make great strides and build wealth, it really requires building confidence. And so here's a few things I'm going to jump right in that I want you to consider. Clarity is what breeds confidence. I think that sometimes what we experience with our financial decisions seems really confusing and intimidating because we just haven't been clear about so many of the steps that lead up to the process. And so when you're thinking about how you can gain clarity in any financial move you're going to make, I always say that you should start with just asking yourself the question, Why are you making this particular decision now? Sometimes, like let's say with a car, it's out of necessity. Your car clonked out, it died on you, and you have to go jump into the process. You know, you may be forced to move, and now you need to go find a new home or apartment. You may be forced into a certain situation. So many times we're being reactive, and that really 
that'll I kind of talk about that in a second. That leads to to very, um, I think, kind of desperate decision making. But more often than not, we really have an opportunity to be proactive. We really, really do. The problem is, even when we have an opportunity to be proactive, we still kind of address our financial decisions from a place of emotion rather than being logical. And we've talked about this before, some episodes back with Dr. Brad Klontz, we've talked about, you know, how the truth about savings and how emotional many of our decisions are and how we need to try to bring ourselves to the place where we can kind of balance Emotion is important, but also using logic. And the truth is many of us don't use a lot of logic when we are approaching these decisions. And so I want you to have a list of questions that you can ask yourself, starting with, why am I really making the financial decision I'm making right now? And then asking, how is this truly going to impact the entire picture? Because sometimes we just know we want a new car or we know we want a new house and we have our, again, emotional reasons, but we haven't looked at how it's actually going to impact everything else that is going on in our lives. Getting a new car doesn't change the fact that we still have rent due, right? It doesn't change the fact that you still need to pay your life insurance. And I hope that you have some, right? It doesn't change the fact that your kids may still have tuition costs or any of the other number of things that are going on that you still need to plan for retirement. So Clarity around why you're making the decision now, but then what else it's going to impact will give you an opportunity to make it from a a place that's probably a bit better for you than just being emotional and falling in love with something and moving full steam ahead without checking in with whether this is really the right time or whether this is really the right time for that or if you need to take a step back and get a variation of what it is you think you want or believe you want. And another question I would say to ask yourself up front is, what is it going to take to make it to the end result without settling? That is a big question that I don't think many of us take into consideration when it's time to make a big financial decision or any financial decision. What is it going to take to make it to the end result without settling? And the truth is many times because we don't have clarity around what we really want, and why we really want it in this season, right? And, and you know, the process it's going to take to get there. We end up settling throughout. We end up getting more house than we needed. We end up getting more features on a car that we are ever going to use. We ended up doing so many other things that weren't really necessary to begin with. But then the worst part of it is we may be settling and not even getting what we truly wanted. And so I believe that with any financial decision, you know, for me, once and needs change at different points in your life, I do not believe in deprivation. I'm all about discipline. But a part of discipline is being willing to sit down and ask yourself the tough questions before you jump into any transaction. You weigh your pros and cons. You look at truly what the cost of jumping into this is going to be for you. And you prepare yourself, mind, body, spirit, for that decision, as opposed to doing what many people do, and that's being reactive and then just settling into something. Now, another point I want you to consider, when your financial decisions in particular lack confidence, then you've probably made a purchase from desperation. My father-in-law, God rest his soul, used to say that you never do business with desperate people. He used to tell my husband and I that, you know, when we started our real estate company years ago, Back in the day, he used to say, don't do business with desperate people because they're not thinking straight. 
And one of the things he used to really drill into us is that you don't want to deal with people who have buyer's remorse. Because when someone makes a purchase or a decision from desperation and then their senses catch up to them a day later, a week later, a month later, all of a sudden their visualization of what happened becomes completely different than the reality of what happened. They forget that they were in a fog. They forget that they were not clear about what they truly wanted, why they were making the decision, why what they were doing truly made sense for them. And then they distort history (laughs) to be in their favor, right? Because now they regret it. And so what you want to do is not be the desperate person making any decision. You don't want to walk into any place and feel like you were taken advantage of because you didn't prepare yourself and prepare your mind for the process, for the journey. We want to make choices rooted in faith, not fear. And anytime you walk into a circumstance and you have to make a decision and it's it's rushed, it's hurried, and it's all made in fear, I doubt that you're going to be able to look back on it and have peace about it. And I think what's missing out of a lot of personal finance decisions that we make is that sense of peace. And my goal for you is that you make financial decisions rooted in faith, not fear, but that you are able to do it with grace and ease. And so that only comes from clarity. And that comes from understanding that if you're not willing to get clear and build confidence before you move into a transaction, then it's probably going to be made from some place of desperation and it won't feel good for you and it won't feel good for the other side either because it's the worst to know as as someone who's been through this on one side that you've done the right thing and you showed up with the right intentions and because the other side was not clear on what they wanted, they felt like they were being taken advantage of, but it was literally a feeling. It wasn't, it wasn't true. There was no truth in it. So that's something for you to consider. And I want you to keep that in mind as we continue to talk about different financial decisions you may be making in the next 30 days, in the next six months, in the next year. But this whole month, I want you to think about those things as we continue to unpack this. And another thing I want you to consider is that your confidence will increase when you have trusted resources. You know that I'm all about seeking wisdom. I talk about this from the stage so often that there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is having information. And man, do we live in the information age where it is so easy to Google something and get a bunch of information. But what we tend to do is get information from any old place and it's not even a trusted resource. Anyone can make a blog post or post a review and you don't even know the intention or the heart behind what they're doing. And sometimes we change our whole direction and path off of one review or one something from a stranger who will never see, will never know. There's a screen name that we can't even, you know, connect to. And we make a bunch of decisions and alter what we were going to do. And and no matter how much knowledge and information we may have already gathered and we feel good about it and we feel like it's time to move forward, we look at some reviews or we look at some random blog or And I'm not taking credit away from bloggers because obviously I started as a blogger. I'm not taking away credit from any of those things. I'm just saying that you can't put all of your confidence in that, right? When it is time for you to make a major purchase, you also are going to have to look for trusted resources just to give yourself some type of peace of mind. 
So what I've learned when I talk about seeking wisdom is to know that knowledge is one thing and then wisdom is knowing how to apply the knowledge that you have obtained. And wisdom is where we kind of fall off sometimes. And I have really learned to seek out folks who are experienced at what we're talking about. Like I just can't go off of a random review online. If I can get to an expert, if I can get to someone who has some credibility in the space, if I can find something that is truly a trusted resource that has been, you know, tried and true by many people before me, then that's usually where I tend to check, um, check in with before I make a final decision on something. Right. So I've shared with you many times that I'm in a season where I have learned to ask for help and get support in the areas that just aren't my strongest. And so that kind of leads me to introducing you to our first guest for this series, for this Confident Money series. I've invited Dave Kong. He is the Managing Vice President of Consumer Auto Finance at Capital One. And so he's going to share a little bit more with us about building confidence in the car buying process, because I thought that that was one of the areas that we never talk about. Every time we talk about personal finance, folks only want to talk about, you know, real estate or retirement. And all of us have to buy cars at some point. So why not boost our confidence in that area? You can thank me later. Here's my conversation with Dave. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Dave. Hello. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Very glad to join you. Well, I'm excited to have you here because I have been talking about confidence this entire episode and just how important it is, especially when you're dealing with financial matters, Dave, to just be confident about what decisions you're making. And so I know from a recent Capital One car buying survey, that only 20% of respondents stated that they are very confident in the car buying process. And 49% reported being somewhat confident or not very confident. Why do you believe consumer confidence in the car buying process is so low? I'm really glad you brought up that question. This is something that I myself feel, uh, having recently just purchased a car myself a few weeks ago. I think the process of buying a car is something that is very rewarding and very special, but also very intimidating to people. It's not like something where you're going on Amazon and getting uh, you know, some more makeup for yourself or whatever that might be. This is something that happens only once every few years. It's a big purchase. Like You're taking a big chunk of your paycheck and a big chunk of your savings to invest in something that you are probably going to be driving day in, day out from work. So in addition to thinking about all the things that you want out of a car, uh, you know, beyond the color and the options and what kind of engine you want or even what kind of car you want, to then be thinking about all the things you're going to do to make that car yours. How are you going to finance it? What kind of down payment are you going to put on it? There's a lot to be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think, Dave, transparency plays a role in all of this? Well, you know, one of the things that we did in our survey was we also asked our consumers, whether they thought the car buying process was completely transparent. And we learned that 94% of our respondents don't find the car buying process to be completely transparent. This is because the process that you go through is so focused on the right car that when you get to the step of, hey, just get me what I need to happen 
to get the keys to this car. It can naturally raise some eyebrows from people who are going through the process and don't feel prepared going into it about like, what are you having me sign here? And what kind of decisions are being made for me versus what kind of decisions can I be making up front? A vision of Auto Navigator is to bring more transparency to the car shopping and car buying experience so that from the comfort of your own home, you can be prepared. You can start to think about the things that you would normally think about whenever you go into the financing office as a final step of the car buying purchase and to feel prepared and feel armed with what your starting point is up front. For me, that meant going to Capital One's website, pre-qualifying with Auto Navigator. There was no impact to my credit score. And being able to look at the inventory of cars at the dealerships that I was interested in shopping at and understanding exactly what my rate and monthly payment would be on those cars. And even playing around with some of the options, like if I was to put a bigger down payment, how might that impact what my monthly payment on the financing be? If I was to change my loan term from you know 48 months to 36 months, how would that impact things? And to just have in my back pocket a pre-qualification certificate that I knew was a starting point so that whenever I enter that final step and began the process of signing all those documents, uh-huh. I, knew, I knew a starting point. Yeah, you could do it confidently. That's the entire thing is that clarity will breed confidence. So when you walk into those rooms, like you said, it can be daunting and intimidating. Right. But you walk into the room and you know that you've played with the numbers. You know exactly what your payment is going to be like, you know that, you know, so you don't have to be as intimidated. And I think that is brilliant. Purchasing cars, you only do that every five, six, seven years, some people longer. And there's always something new. And there's always uh, different things, but that same intimidation can kind of rise up. And no matter how excited you are about the car, you get into that place and now you're like, well, I just want to do whatever it takes to get the car. And that's where you can kind of possibly be taken advantage of. And so it's so important to know up front. I would love to ask you, so what are the benefits to utilizing technology when you are making one of the largest financial decisions that you might make in your life? That's a great question. The availability of information and data and the ability to use technology to make better informed decisions is pervasive. It's present in every single thing that we do and every decision that we make in our lives. I don't know about you, but whenever I drive home from work, I have to have my phone on and my GPS in front of me because I've got an app that tells me exactly what the traffic conditions are, what I can expect ahead of me and what the fastest route to get home is. And even though I know the route, like the back of my hand, like I have to have that assurance behind me. (laughs) I completely understand what you're saying. And this is the same thing that we're trying to do with Auto Navigator. You know, we've partnered with uh, over 13,000 participating dealers across the country and allow consumers to browse almost 4 million cars in inventory at those dealerships from the comfort of their own home. And kind of like the GPS analogy for how you get home from work, We want folks to see what the route ahead looks like for them. And technology is making that possible from a person's mobile phone or from their laptop or from their tablet, knowing exactly what to expect whenever they do decide that it's time to buy that car to walk into that dealership. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I can't. It's weird because to your point, I know exactly where I'm going, but there's just something about the comfort that it provides to know that just in case I have an app on that will direct me down a faster path if needed or a different route. And 
I think that's what we want in everything that we do uh, nowadays. We use technology for everything. I even use technology to get my groceries these days. I know that's probably not, <laughs> not I don't know. Some people look at that as not the best thing, but I literally <laughs> use my phone to do everything. And so why not use it on something like also purchasing a car and getting really confident about what that experience will be like before I walk in? So one final thing. Kind of in a nutshell, just tell us, how is Auto Navigator, powered by Capital One, building confidence in the car shopping experience as a whole? Let me relate this to my own car purchasing experiences. The last time I purchased a car was three weeks ago using Auto Navigator. The time before that was back in 2013, before Auto Navigator even existed. When I bought a car in 2013, it was the first time I'd ever purchased a car. I didn't even know what auto financing was. I didn't know how much cash or what I needed to bring into the dealership. And I had no idea what kind of rate I was going to get. Flash forward to 2019, when I just purchased a car with Auto Navigator, I used the tool from the comfort of my own home. I was able to browse an inventory of almost 4 million vehicles across the country, narrow it down to the models that I really liked. I submitted my information confidently with Capital One, knowing that my credit score was not going to take an impact from doing a pre-qualification. And I could see before I walked into the dealership, what kind of rate and monthly payment I could get on the specific cars I was interested in before I walked into that dealership. It's really empowering for me to know what my starting point was and to have an informed conversation when I entered that office and I was taken through the process that eventually had me signing 12 documents before I got my car. That's a big difference. <laughs> it's a big difference to know exactly what's going on when you get there versus, like you said, in 2013, showing up and all you know is I want a car. To be able to take that power kind of back and put it in your own arms and create a win-win situation for you and the dealer because you're informed and you're knowledgeable and you know, you know what you need to get and what you're looking for. That's awesome. The other thing I'll add is that the process was not only easier for me, it was easier for the dealer. I was sitting there at 7.30 p.m. Both of us were trying to get out of there and go have dinner with our families. And the dealer appreciated that I didn't have that many questions, that I understood how the process was going to work, um, and that I had done my homework beforehand. So it saved the dealer a bunch of time, too. Yeah, I can imagine. I can only imagine. Who doesn't want to work with someone who is very clear about what they want and what their needs are? So I think that's great. For my next car purchase, I can't wait to use the Auto Navigator tool. My husband's already been kind of playing around on there. I think I introduced it to him a little too early. So <laughs> we're not supposed to be due for a car for a couple years now. And now he's always using uh, <laughs> using it. Uh, so we'll see about that. But thank you so much for joining us, Dave. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Now, see, there you have it from a trusted resource. So Dave is working on this stuff all the time. And I really, really love that he was able to share his own personal kind of journey with this stuff. But what I love is that he said, what decisions are being made for me versus what decisions I'm making for myself up front? That is the thing that is so key. And when you lack confidence walking into not just the car buying process, but again, anything that we're going to talk about this month as we look to be more confident with our money is that you want to be armed and empowered and equipped with the tools and the resources and the research that are going to help you walk in and make any negotiation that you have, any 
deal that you're trying to make, any move that you're trying to make, you want to walk in and make it a win-win situation. And that is using something like the auto navigator tool from Capital One can be the thing for you when you're looking to purchase a car. But in anything that you're doing, you want to have the resources and the tools available to you. So what you need is confidence. That's what this entire month is about. That's what this entire episode was really just bringing awareness to is that you want to have clarity, that you want to make decisions rooted in faith, not fear, right? That we don't want to make desperate moves and start to be reactive. Who we want to be are confident, proactive, productive citizens, as I tell my daughter. I want you to be a productive citizen, but I also want you to be a proactive and confident consumer. And so I hope you really got something out of this. Again, shout out to my partners at Capital One for always introducing me to the new research and just sharing different ways that we can show up more confidently in so many areas of our life. And for this episode in particular, just the car buying process, that matters. Yeah, you're probably gonna buy what, six, seven, eight, ten 10 cars over your lifetime. How much money can you save if you're prepared? And how much easier can you make that process on yourself? when you're confident and you're equipped. So I hope that this blesses you for today. I hope you got something out of it. Stay tuned because we have an entire series this month, again, dedicated to confident money. So come back next week. I have a real estate pro for you. And I mean a pro pro. And if you are in Patrice's pod club, guess what? We're gonna be reading his book together. So there's a little hint. Um, Yeah, he's like real estate legend around here. So We will talk about some good real estate stuff for you next week as well. Keep the Confident Money series going. Hit me up in social media. Tell me what you think. Let me know if you've used Capital One's Auto Navigator or what your experience has been with buying a car, what tips you're going to take away from this episode. I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW. If you are a purpose chaser in our brand new complimentary Slack community, then come on in and let's discuss this podcast episode as well. I would love to hear from you there. And remember, until next time, all I want you to do is go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.